Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time now for Cadillac and Lions on WEEI. He just does so many different things. Just so good. Another W, baby. Aaron always did a lot of crazy things, pissed a lot of people off. But I think for the most part, on the field, in the locker room, we had things under control. Off the field is something totally different. Totally different. Welcome into WEEI. I'm John Lyons. I have Mike Cadlick alongside me. Mike, how are you? I'm good. How are you, John? Good, good. We got happy, Nico. Happy behind Saturday. Us. Yeah, happy Saturday. Hi, Nico. We have a big show today. We're actually not supposed to start until four o'clock, Mike. It's a good thing, you know, we're good employees. Oh, yeah. We got here early because the Red Sox game did wrap On up. On time early. is early. So we are hey, we are ready to go. We've got a bunch of Patriots to get to. Yes, you heard the sound clip at the beginning. We are going to talk about parts five and six of the dynasty. We're also going to talk about the NFL Combine. Mike is our Patriots reporter for WEEI.com. He's been following the Combine very closely, so we'll get into that. We're also going to talk about the franchise tag. Yes, we will talk about some Celtics. Maybe sneak in a little bit of Bruins as well. But, Mike, we have a lot to get to here. One thing I do want to mention before, we're coming off Red Sox coverage. Red Sox beat the Nationals. Four to two today. Uh, just quick best wishes to Daylon Lyle. Yeah, a pretty scary injury uh, in this game. He was going in the bullpen, or excuse, well, trying to catch a uh, or rob a home run around the bullpen. He ended up falling in. He was taken off in a stretcher. Uh, there was reports he was moving his arms. Uh, Will Fleming did a tremendous job uh, describing that on the call here on WEEI. And word is he gave the thumbs up on his way out. So best wishes to Daylon Lyle of the Nationals and the Red Sox get a 4-2 win today. Mike, maybe we'll get to a little bit of Sox, but we got a lot 
of Patriots to get yeah, to. Yeah, it's fun. It's spring, spring training, obviously, you know, good to get to sometimes here and there, but too much Patriots going on right now to uh, to start with the Red Sox. Yeah, it's crazy, too, because the Celtics, and we're going to get to them later, they're the best team in Boston. They're the best chance Boston has for a championship for, I would say, at least the next two or three years, probably three years. Yeah. And yet it feels like just as big, if not bigger, a story right now is the Patriots in free agency, franchise tag, the combine, what are they going to do a quarterback? And then we have this dynasty series yeah. that comes out. And we let it off with the clip of Dion Branch. Now, Mike, you've had access to all 10 episodes. You've watched all 10, correct? Yes, correct. Okay, I've had access to all 10. I'm only watching two every week because I'm a man of the people. Look at no that. Offense, okay. Mike. And more so because I'm afraid I'll spoil something. Yeah. <laughs> but for someone that's watched all 10, and I, obviously I know you can't give anything away. Right. It felt to me like this episode, at least what I've seen so far, one of the more impactful of the whole series. 100%. It was the most chilling. It was obviously the darkest. Um, Episode 6, we're talking, titled At All Costs, Details, Aaron Hernandez, uh, uh, the murder of Odin Lloyd, and uh, all things surrounding that from when he was drafted, uh, his history, and uh, dives in a little bit of that. Bill Belichick doesn't really make a comment. Robert Kraft gets into it. Um, A lot of people thinking that it's like, they're trying to pin it on Belichick. I don't know if I see it that way. It's really it's really hard. Like so many different things yeah. went into this whole thing. I mean, Aaron Hernandez, not he, only he was a psychopath. He was too. he was a psychopath. Like he, like he, he was, was convincing. And he was enabled at every step of the way yeah. from high school, college with Urban Meyer, and frankly here. So to try and pin it solely on Belichick is crazy to me. People thinking that the dynasty tries to do that, I think they're reaching. Um but overall, just yeah, you're right. Like a a dark episode. It's sad. It's it watching it. I, I've watched it now a few times actually. I've done this series over a couple times to try and get my recaps done for WEI.com, which you can check out on our website. Um but you know, just watching it again and again, it's like it, it almost it's almost like you kind of forget just how um you know, heavy and crazy that time was. Like, it's almost, you know, they, they win three Super Bowls after that, and not that it should be forgotten, but it's like it felt like a blip on the radar, and then when you rewatch it, it's like, wow, this was this was a, a crazy thing that happened to to a professional football team, and for that to, to be, again, our hometown New England Patriots, was uh, it, it was nuts. It was a, it was a scary, crazy time. It's, it's kind of wild to me, Mike, in that they went to nine Super Bowls, they won six. They had Spygate. They had Deflategate. They had these Titanic personalities. But you could make the – like this Hernandez thing throughout that whole run was the single biggest – I mean, like ABC right. News was on his front lawn. Exactly. Like this – arguably this – and I would say Brady potentially going to the Supreme Court with Deflategate, which I know he didn't end up doing, but the speculation right. of it at the time. Like those – might be the biggest single stories, at least off the field, but maybe in the whole dine. I mean, these were international news stories. And that's what pisses me off with everyone pushing back on this series. Like, you see it on Twitter and X or whatever you want to call it now, but, like, everyone's like, oh, it's, whether it's Kraft trying to, everyone thinks Kraft's trying to get himself into the Hall of Fame, and everyone's mad that they're not diving into yeah, the- it's Kraft Dynasty production. <laughs> yeah, which is, it. That is kind of crazy, I think. Oh, there's something to like, that. There's something yeah, yeah, to yeah. that. But like, I'm joking, but there's something to there that. Is, yeah. uh, yes, I'm with yeah. you. Um, but, like, to to everyone's like, oh, they gloss over Super Bowls and they gloss over the good stuff. Like, these aren't the post-Super Bowl documentaries on, like, what happened during the season. These are, like, tentpole events of the entire 20-year dynasty you need a whole episode for Aaron Hernandez. You need a whole episode for Deflategate. You need a whole episode for Spygate. Right, yeah. And 
yeah, I, I get it was, you know, maybe unfair to just gloss over two of the best teams in the 21-22 game, whatever. Uh, 21-game winning streak. That was, so that's the, like, I, I agree with you in that Spygate was worthy of a full episode, not just because Spygate, but they went 18-1. Right, one. right, like, right, right. That, the I Hernandez guess, thing. Yeah, I, sorry to cut you off. I guess my point, though, is that it, this isn't, a football docu series. Yeah, it's, it's not a man story. In the arena. It's right. not do like, your job. I exactly. It. It's not. And KJ and I talked about. We had Matt Hamachek yeah. uh, call in a couple weeks ago, and and we made like he was talking. It's not a book report in that. Hey, this is ABC. But I will say, they made a mistake not including O three and O four more in this. Sure. In the because think about it, would we be making a documentary called the Dynasty if they didn't win those two Super Bowls? Like no. Right, no, like that's they, fair. Yeah, and who knows what would have happened after? Like, and the twenty-one game winning streak, which was an NFL record. Yeah, like that to me does. And you want to talk about characters? Rodney Harrison is barely in this, yeah. which I think is a mistake. And, and Mike Vrabel barely in this, which I think is. I a would mistake. love to hear more Vrabel. Yeah, He's always and, and great. that's and another thing too. Like, and I think Belichick, and this is something we talk. He could have helped himself more in this. Yeah, he just doesn't want to talk. I th- yeah, he's definitely a will- unwilling participant. Yep. <laughs> we would have heard, I think, a lot more from him, though, if they talked about 03 and they talked about 04 and that team. And talk about Ka- Corey Dillon, another, ca- like, sets the team rushing yeah. record. Another, like, we hear it from Dion Branch a bunch in this Hernandez episode. He won the Super Bowl MVP in 04. We don't hear from him at all then. Right. And I think, again, and I'm not saying, like, w- look, we have do your job. We have men in the arena. We have three games to glory. We don't need a full hour on each. I would love it, but we don't need a full right. hour. But we could have get you could have taken episode three, extended it twenty minutes, and given me ten minutes on each season. Sure, like you could have done that. And that's another thing I got. Even the Hernandez episode, they could have done ten more minutes. Like there's a lot of episodes yeah. that I'm like, this, I, I could more. Right. Like, well, that's more. I forget if it was you know? uh, if it was Hamachek or if it was uh, who who's the author? He's his name. Je- uh, Jeff Benedict. Jeff Benedict. I almost right. said Jeff Daniels. Yeah, that would have been, <laughs> not him, not the actor. No, I uh, Jeff Benedict. Yeah, I've they and, and they've been doing their media tour throughout this whole thing, so I forget who which one said it, but it was like basically one of them said along the lines of we could have made this a twenty five part series, but we have to cut things. Yeah, I mean they sit for over three from three four five hours with each player yeah. person. He told me Ernie Adams gave him fifteen hours. That's insane. Which I who I, also, by the way, I Ernie Adams is rubbing me the a very wrong way. Oh, see, I'm series. the I I think he's been great. Oh, I've I, been a fan so far. He adds he adds great context. Yeah, but there are some the things. reenactment of him driving to the snowball <laughs> game. Yeah, I didn't need that. See, okay, <laughs> we're opposite there too because I kind of think that's hilarious. But okay. regardless, like there there was one time and we don't have to go through the whole thing. We've been talking about this on these airwaves forever. But like when he tried to take credit for them going for it in the first Super Bowl when Brady went down and scored. Like yeah. and now maybe it was him, so maybe it's just he's just telling the yeah. story. And but. he was right in that, like, because his point was our defense is gassed. I mean, they had sure. given up back-to-back touchdown drives, you know, fourteen points in the fourth quarter. So he had a point. Now is he the one that said, "Let's go for it"? Bill was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah." Let's do it. Like, like, ah, that's what he makes it seem like. So I don't like, know Come about on, that, right? Yeah. Like, but I do think he had significant input, and sure. and I think one of the sneaky things about why the Patriots have declined the last four years: no Dante Scarnecchia and no Ernie Adams. That's a, another guy. There's Dante been so much Great storyteller, fascinating. I haven't seen him in this at all. Yeah, I know. Like, I don't even think guy. he was in it, which and is why I understand the offensive. He was line on coach. New England Football Journal today. You see he that? He was. Yeah. yeah shout stuff. out to John Serenides and the guys and Kevin yeah. Stone. But uh, he's a great. St- and I know the offensive line coach is not going to be prominently <laughs> featured. But like a couple lines or two. Yeah, right. There's nothing about Stephen Neal in there. You know, come on. Yeah, seriously. But, but let's get to the, this Hernandez episode. Sure. I the the piece of it that I did not like when it came to Belichick was when Jonathan Kraft was talking and said, well, Bill just wanted it to play out. He yeah, wanted the like effing that. football player. And, look, 
I, I'm not trying to dump on Jay Craft here. He's got plenty of like I don't know if that's true or not. Sure. I find it really hard to believe that when you could credibly believe the guy murdered someone, he had had many issues in right. the past. That Bill was like, "Yeah, I'm out of the country, but let's let it play out." See, I, I'm totally with you, and I think that that scene and the way Jonathan said that is was awful because, like, he. It, the way he says it, I don't know if we have the sound on it, but if we can play it, great. If not, I can try and, you know. Uh, yeah, we can, I think we can get it in a second, but yeah. Yeah, so, like, he doesn't say that, it doesn't sound like he says it in terms of Hernandez. He just says, Bill's attitude is always, let's just play this out. Yeah. Not necessarily relating to Hernandez, so it almost sounds like Jonathan tries to pin it on Bill when maybe it wasn't even Bill that actually was trying to do that. Nico, we got that? Let's hear it. Aaron was being led out of his house in handcuffs and it was on television everywhere. And I just remember thinking whatever warm feelings we might have towards Aaron, it looks like he's done the ultimate bad thing and he he can't we can't have him on our team any longer. Yeah, I'll, no, that's ridiculous. I'll find out At that time, my dad and Bill were both out of the country, but I felt strongly we couldn't wait. And so I called my dad, and he very much agreed, and we called Bill. And, you know, Bill, as is his want, was always more measured. In the beginning, he said, you know, he's not guilty yet. And there, there oh, were competitive issues, too. He didn't want to have to lose. An amazing football player. So Bill's instinct would be play this thing out till the end. And I just knew we couldn't play it out to the end. And... and not, not because of how it looked on us, but because we had to set a f- example. I mean, like, it's like this guy's a murderer. Yeah. So I was wrong, by the way. Uh, I don't I didn't remember that quote in its entirety. I thought he was kind of being uh, he was kind of staying away from it. But no, he straight up said Bill wanted to play it out. So, yeah, that's and, yeah, you and, can't, and here's what I that's have unfair trouble. To Bill. That's very unfair. And what I have trouble like squaring that with and they should have. This is one thing. And. Huge thank you to Matt Hamachek for joining the show a couple weeks ago. But this is one thing he, I think they missed on. Mm-hmm. That press conference he gave to open training camp, that was one of his finest moments as head coach. And I watched you it earlier really, today. Exactly. So you in, know what I'm talking entirety. about. In its entirety. If yeah. you watch it, in, he talks about how it goes way beyond football. A young man lost his life. Yep. Like, and how, hey, we knew there were some issues, but we relied on sources, which as you journal, because you're talking to the media, yeah. as you journalists know, sources aren't always, you know, a hundred percent accurate, and and I thought they should have included that more because I agree. if Bill wouldn't speak for himself in this, which I think is a mistake by Bill, sure, you do have some solid words from him a month after, right? Not even a month after, right? And that's one of the examples it. where when Bill is like, "No, I've already touched on that." It's not just a cop out. It's him being like, "No, I literally did everything and said everything I had to in that moment." Yeah. And like I said, I, I rewatched it earlier because I knew we were going to talk about this today. Twenty two twenty. 22 to 25 minute press conference. He gives a long opening statement, not just what they showed in the series, and then answers as many questions as he can to a full extent, allows people follow ups. And the only time he doesn't answer is when it is about the investigation and Hernandez himself, in which he uses the, his line, I can't comment on, a, on an ongoing murder investigation, which you can't. Yeah. <laughs> so and he I, did. He did the right thing back then as far as, you know, owning up to it yeah. and saying what he had to. Um, and yeah, you're right. He could have helped himself in this a little bit more, especially when they talk about uh, the you know the trade requests and things like that. But which I want to get yeah, into. Yeah, we'll get into that after that. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, come back to the top of the hour, though. We are going to get into that. And if you want, you have thoughts that you want to share 
on the dynasty, Patriots in general, 617-779-7937. I'm John Buzz with Mike Cadillac. We'll be right Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Be back. You're listening to Cadillac and Lions on WEEI. I found out he was working out in the weight room. I went down immediately and I said, Aaron, tell me, did you do this? Because if you did, I know you must have had some good reason. I'm going to get you the best defense lawyer we can get, and I'll do it at my cost. And he looked me right in the eye, not blinking anything, and said, Mr. Kraft, I didn't do that. I was in Rhode Island or something. And when he said it, I believed him. He actually changed my life and how I look at people because it just, I, to this day, I can't believe I got snookered like that. Back here on WEEI. We started the show a little early today because the Red Sox did us the courtesy of ending early. I'm John Lyons alongside Mike Kavdick. We spent last segment talking about episode six of the Dynasty. We're going to talk some more Dynasty now and into next segment. Then we're going to get to some NFL Combine later this hour because Mike has been furiously covering oh, yeah. the NFL. We have Patriots haven't had a draft pick this high since, what, 1993? It's a very interesting offseason with the Patriots being up that high. Yeah, it sure is. And then they have the 34th overall pick, too. They got... Yeah. bookends basically on the first round so i picks in stuff. every round yeah and so we are going to get to that in a little bit but i mean to me at the time that all this happened Kraft, and i think it was with the boston herald and i could be wrong he told some media outlet that he felt duped by yep. aaron hernandez the word he used was duped and i mean this i think is and he talked in this episode about how hernandez donated fifty thousand dollars to his wife's memorial fund and all this and there's that shot of him out on the field talking to bill like i've been most impressed by yeah hernandez an eerie eerie soundbite i think i mean what hernandez to me like wes welker and branch and brandon like some of the guys on the team knew like hey this guy's bad news yep 
But what he, I mean, Hernandez, it's in a sick way. It's an accomplishment. He had everybody fooled to the degree of how bad he was. Oh, yeah. Like, those guys in locker might have thought, yeah, maybe he goes out and gets in fights or he does a bunch of marijuana. But they weren't friends with gang members, not a literal, like, yeah. Yeah, they weren't thinking like, like, and at the time he signed that, and this is where the combine piece of he requests a trade at the combine. He's worried for his, you know, wife, uh, excuse me, his girlfriend and child's safety and wants out on the West Coast. It paints it a little bit like, well, Bill just didn't want him. Look, just if we have the facts here, yep. in the summer of 2012, he signed a five-year, $40 million extension. Bill agreed to that. Hernandez agreed to that. The Crafts were okay with right. it. He had already allegedly killed two people by that point. And I know <laughs> yep. he ended up getting acquitted in that, but he was already at least around the Involved scene, in, connected right. to the murder of two people before he even signed that. Right. Nobody had any idea. Bingo. And then he goes another year, kills Olden Lloyd. That's how it all falls apart for him. But we didn't know about these other two potential, at least connections to a murder, until the Globe investigated, what, years later? Yeah, right. Like, he had everybody fooled. And I think it talks about Football Inc. and how he came from Florida where he was in the bar fight and they had the fixer. And I think that just continually negatively reinforced this. But to me, I think this whole tragic story is a combination of they knew he was talented, so they took a chance on him, and he fooled them enough Mm -hmm. that, yeah, they knew he was bad news, but they had no idea the depths of how bad he was until June of 2013. And I agree, and that's why when you you listen back to that, Robert Kraft got clips saying he snookered and how, like, he went down to the weight room and wanted to try and help him and be like, look, if you... That might have been the single... And I'm sorry to cut you. Yeah. That might have been the single most shocking thing I've seen in the entire series. Like what? And credit to Kraft for being honest with this. I agree. He offered to pay for a defense attorney for Aaron Hernandez. Well, that's why it's like, you know, you talk about, um, like, what you just mentioned, how uh, he was... He donated to Meyer Kraft's uh, fund and how, like, him and Kraft had this special relationship and Hernandez seemingly looked up to him like a father figure and, you know, he's kissing him on the cheek after games, things like that. Like, that's the stuff you talk about. He had everybody fooled. He had Kraft fooled. And so they had this this rapport, this relationship, and almost like a guy who, if when we when we play the clip later about the conversation on the field with Bill... He felt like they maybe were helping Hernandez, a kid who was troubled in the past, turn into a man. He has a fiance. He has a child. Uh, he seems happy. The, he comes into money. He tells them he knows he has to improve and move out of the way, uh, like move away and stop uh, hanging out with his old friends and things like that. So in that moment, I'm sure, I'm sure Kraft is like, he made a mistake. He says he must have had good reason for it. Now again, it does. It's not a good look now, and it sounds. Yeah. You but know, I think it's crazy. It but in the moment, like it's like it's has, very human for him to be like, and even I want to try and help you. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, on the timeline. But at the time he got drafted, he had already shot Alexander Bradley in the face in Florida. Yep. Right? right. Like, yeah. So he had been drafted yeah. when this happened. And he had and maybe there were some people at Florida that knew about it. But I would think, Mike, if Urban Meyer knew about that he would have told Bill that. Like, A, just out of responsibility, but they are buddies. Yeah, I just, I wonder. And, and that Urban's one of the guys in this whole Hernandez thing, and it, no one person's to blame. Yeah. He and they... Urban com- Meyer's so slimy, They too. completely enabled him at Florida, yeah. and, again, whether they had that conversation, him and Bill or not, then that turns into Bill enabling him here, yep. players enabling him here. It, it's just, it's a thing where you just kind of let him go along, again, because he was talented, and... 
you're right. I'm sure people didn't think it was as deep as it actually was. Yeah, and they couldn't have, right? right. And Ernie Adams said that like, yeah, the best thing for him would have been if he would play for the Seahawks. Yeah. And, and and he was right. And I even, But it's funny. The guys who are closest to him, Brandon Lloyd said, don't hang out with Chico. Don't hang yeah. out with Chico. Wes Welker, like, hey, this dude's great. And the other thing to me that was telling, though, which I think kind of made me look sideways at Belichick, when Welker told the story about Hernandez as a rookie yeah. on the practice field saying, oh, I'm the best punt returner, I'm the best returner, and Bill just kind of laughing it off. Like, nobody talks like that. And here. when he's out on the yeah. field, like, just in flip-flops, throwing the ball around, like, d- doing he stuff, and Brady yells at him. Yeah. yeah, like, that's, you're right. That's we the... didn't hear from Brady on that either. No, we I didn't. would have loved Brady's perspective, and, and I think Brady intentionally stayed away from that yep. because that's something that Welker saw warning signs. Brandon Lloyd saw them. Dion Branch saw them. We didn't hear from Gronk or Brady. Yeah. Like, Gronk's in the meeting room with him. Brady's his quarterback. I assume they saw some sort of sure, warning of signs. Course. But even the guys that saw it, like Dion Branch, and I give him a lot of credit for his honesty, he was like, and we played it to start the show a half hour ago, you don't really quite know off the field. Like, off the field is different. We thought we right. had him under control here. So even Dion Branch, arguably the closest guy in the team with him, yeah, he's doing some bad stuff off the field. But he had no idea. Yeah, right. It went. That, so, and again, I think it goes to how completely Hernandez had some – like, they weren't fooled in the sense that they thought he was a great guy. They were fooled in the sense they had no idea it was that bad. Bingo, 100%. Yeah, for sure. Like, that's that's something that, – and that's – like, where, where the Patriots come off looking bad to me, and I think Belichick comes off looking bad, and I would say by extension ownership, after, you know, the 2010-2011 season, you give them this extension – you didn't have any concept of like he's hanging out with really bad people, right? And we should like that. Well, Ernie Adams really says it. Yeah, they they knew he was hanging out with his quote unquote boys yeah, from like, Bristol. So that's, like that's where they come off. I a hundred percent agree. And yeah. even with what you mentioned before about Welker and them saying like he's kind of goofing off on the field and at practice, that's the type of stuff where at points in the documentary, both what we've seen and then later on in the film, which is really it gets to the crux of the the divorce and the breakup between everyone, is like. Bill treated Brady the same as everybody else. Everybody was on equal footing, no matter how good you are at football, except for Aaron Hernandez. It's weird, like, too, That's because weird to me. When that's you what talk I don't about, like. I agree with you, because yeah. if you look at all the like whether it was Brewski, Moss, Brady, all these got champions, Hall of Famers, better players than Hernandez. Right. He, they all got, and maybe that was Bill's way of, I know he's a troubled kid. I'm going to try to get, like, sure. his way to try to manage him, which, you know, I can understand the logic there, but that to me is where they come off bad. And then not trading him at the combine, I do think was it's obviously a mistake. But I think they should. When he came to him and said, "I fear for my safety and my child's safety," okay, but sure. There seems to be in my. I don't know if I'm th- overthinking this. There seems to be a slight insinuation that he killed Odin Lloyd because Belichick didn't trade him, which is kind of gross to me. Oh, I I didn't get like, that. Okay. But- Maybe I'm over. Maybe okay. I'm overanalyzed, but it was like because they talked about that, and like the next thing is like, oh, two months later, you know, yeah, killed no, somebody, right, right, like that. That the only thing was like, yeah, you know, I, I was like, that's too. Like again, that and the Jonathan Kraft thing, I thought were over the line. The rest of the stuff was fair. Like Bill did choose to draft him. Right, he treated him a little bit differently than some other guys. Gave him a contract like that. The worst look for the Patriots to me is that they signed him to a big extension, and they didn't have all their research right. done like that. That's the one thing to me that I'm like, eh. I I I don't know if if they insinuate that he killed him because of that, but they definitely insinuate that 
maybe Hernandez wouldn't have murdered anybody if they just sent him away. And maybe. And like, maybe that's but true. But at the time but... he signed the extension, he was already connected exactly. to two murders. And so, somebody on the text line from the 207 says, you know, why doesn't the Dynasty show the CTE connection, which there was a Netflix documentary on Hernandez which did show that. Yeah. I think that's a valid point to at least mention. Sure. Not a doctor, I don't know. But valid point to mention. But It's this, still not an excuse, though. To me, this like, was yeah. so much more about him just being a psychopath sure. than having everyone fooled. So I think I've talked enough about the dev- – that really was, though, to me. Heavy. The heaviest, the saddest episode of it. Like Kraft's apology at the end. Look, I know Robert Kraft's got a lot of hate. Over the last couple months here, I get it. I, f- I did feel that was genuine. I thought and, that was a really good end to that episode. Yeah. And then they do some of the cuts and the, the text on the thing and with, I, like, yeah. you know, and some I more information. Think, but I do think Kraft does want to have a team that is looked at in the community in a good way. Now, he makes sure you find out every time he does charity work, right? Yeah, he makes sure he yeah right, the, right. That's one thing. Like, the Crafts do plenty of charity work, but they make sure you all find out. And when I say you, I mean all of us. Yeah. But I thought the apology, I, I did think that was a, a good moment for him. I thought that was genuine. And I thought it was, you know, it was really sad because you had just, again, so many great moments. But that's right yeah. in the middle of it. But there, there yeah, was, it a- was I liked that, again, they that he took accountability for the entire organization, yeah. everything that happened in that moment. I think he, he was said, like, we like, messed we up. Got it, we yeah, messed we got up, it wrong. Yeah. We got it wrong, messed up, whatever it was. And he was like, if you are hurt by this, I sincerely apologize. Yeah. And I thought that was a good way to end it. And. We've talked for like 25, 30 minutes about episode six. There was episode five. Yeah, there was. <laughs> Mike. So, like, and let's be clear like, obviously, the Hernandez stuff is extremely serious. If you want to sure. call in and talk about it, 617 779 feel free. I do want to spend some time on episode five because this was one that I was a little surprised we got a whole episode on 0809. Yeah. And in the context of the dynasty, I think there are important years in that. I think 08 might have been one of Belichick's best coach. I'm not one. Might it was one of Belichick's yeah. best coaching jobs. But 09 was where they knew, hey, we have to turn things over. And that's when you got your Devin McCourty, your Rob Gronkowski, of course, your Hernandez, but your Nate Solders, and then your Hightower and Jones. A couple years after, like the roster that started, yeah, it was the retool, the the yeah. dynasty 2.0. Yeah, right. the roster that started 2012 opening day was almost totally different than 2009. So yeah. I, I thought episode five was really interesting. I was surprised it was a full episode, but I I liked that at the beginning of training camp in 2008, and I found this really surprising, Belichick addressed that they went 16-0. Yeah, that was was crazy. I was shocked by that. Me too. Like, that he hey, we went, you should be proud of that. I know, because he's always been, and he even says it, like, I'm always, hey, we're not going to worry about another year, another of that. And I wonder, if they had gone 19-0, would he have just not addressed it? But because it was such a crushing defeat for him personally, but for the whole organization, all the players, and as Brady mentioned, the vast majority of the same team was back. There wasn't a lot of like Asante Samuel left, and maybe a couple other guys. Right. Like everyone else was the same. Yeah. So and that in '08 was I felt like a little bit of their last dance with like Harrison and Brewski and mm-hmm. Vrabel and all those right. guys. It just it's so awful, awfully sad that they didn't just get it done. Like, I, I remember, I, I forget what grade I was in, but I was like, I remember bawling my eyes out on my living room floor when they lost that game. And I was, again, I was in like elementary school and or something. I, but. but I wonder if that, to your point, is why he addressed it in training. Yeah. Because it's something, I don't think he's ever addressed something like that. No, he's always move on. Yeah, eyes forward. Next year. Next, next year. year. We're not worried about last year. But the way he says it too, he's like, the seasons where you go 7-9 and nine and 5-11 and 11 are the ones you want to forget. Yeah. The 16-0s and O's are the ones you do never, never ever want to forget. And so. we're going to get into this a little bit more, Mike. We do have to talk some NFL Combine, but first, 
we're going to trend and then take Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Take a break. Back to Cadillac and Lions on WEEI. Back here on WEEI. I'm John Lyons alongside Mike Cadlick. We've been talking a lot about the dynasty. We are going to get to the NFL Combine as well. We do have some Celtics to get to later in the program. We do have uh, Phil on the line from New Hampshire. Phil, thanks for taking the time. Welcome into the program. What do you got? Hey, good evening. Uh, well, actually, it's afternoon, but it just feels like evening today, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah a little dreary oh. today. Yeah, not a, not much sun. Kind of yeah. just feels like one of those. Meh I mean, outside days. of our shining yeah. radio, show. yeah, of course. yeah, that, that's Which, it. But yeah. yeah, thanks for joining, Phil. Yeah, I, took my, I, I took I took my four year old away from my wife, and I went to a game timeout, and then Amesbury, and like came go. out of there, and it's just dark and dreary, and I just feel like the whole day is just done already. I'm ready for like you know comfy goals, but I know on Twitter. Mr. Cadillac here kind of comes across sometimes like state media, so I don't I don't want to I don't want to get uh, def- uh, 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 you know, be offended offensive to Mr. Cadillac, who uh, seems to be very crafty and state media. Out of here, state Phil. media, Mike. Wow, get out of here. State media. Tell Mike. me how. Let's hear. Are it. you Mike Jong Un? Is yeah. that what we'll call you? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The People's Republic of Mike. Patriots Republic of Mike. Yeah. Anyway, um. That, I don't know. Have you ever like known somebody who is, you know, borderline narcissistic? They want to control everything. They love to point the fingers. They like to keep their image right. So what they do is they um, they'll they'll take full accountability for one thing that's pretty big, and and like to manufacture credibility for the rest of the stuff that they're pointing fingers at and eating zero accountability for. That's kind of how like eighty percent of people who are watching the dynasty feel about craft. And that's what that that's how that um that came across to me. It was like, oh, there it is. He's eating one. Also, I saw your last tweet. The sad thing is Bill was twenty seventh and that uh that player report and uh he was the highlight of the Patriots team. I noticed that like the way you worded it was like kind of dunking State. all over Hold the middle, but I'm like, Hold on. Pull up the tweet, wow. Phil. What, wow. what read me the tweet, please. Wow. And tell me how I, I insinuated. I can't. I'm in the car, but it was like I Patriot. Uh, Bill Belichick finished twenty seventh, bottom of he the. He did. The I didn't know. I I tweeted fact. it as a fact. I reported it as a fact. Well, well, it, I'm a reporter. But it, but it was like it was it was kind of deception through omission because it's like well he was the highest graded part of the team as well through omission. I, Phil, thank you for the call. No, hold on. Don't oh, call. Hey, no, hey, no, 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 no. I want to do Stay, this. Phil. I was hey, Phil. I was going to let you no, go. But no, Mike No, because I'm looking. I I reported on the entire uh, the entire report, and then I also tweeted out what Kraft uh, what Kraft was graded as well, which he was graded out poorly too. I'm just gonna put my feet up. Belichick yeah, was that nice. You got that nice standalone. That standalone, the way it's worded and everything, it's like wow. Bill Belichick's really a low light on the Patriots. You stay on the line. Play. I'm gonna pull up my tweet right now. 
He was uh, twenty. Look, was he like, was no, twenty-seven. That was the highlight of the team, he and was, and and that's ice. That's isolated Bill, where Bill was kind of. Uh, I don't know. Last isolated couple of years, so we like, have state media he, Mike and isolated former Patriots Bill. head coach Bill you, you, Belichick's NFLPA grade B minus twenty seventh out of thirty two. With a quote, the players feel that Bill Belichick was rarely willing to listen to the locker room. Which again, that's just what was written in the report. Robert, yeah, Cr- wasn't there another one that's like bottom of the league or something along those lines nope. too? No, I just was. Uh, I just tweeted it pretty objectively, Phil. Yeah. I actually commented on it, and then I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be mean to Mike. Mike's pretty good on. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Yeah, I'm Mike's just going to call up on, and call on, him on, Steve. Yeah. 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 Mike. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm yeah. I'm good with this. I appreciate it. Hey, Thanks f- for calling. Phil, we do appreciate the call, and I, I do think Phil's original point, like someone that's like they take blame for something, so then the other stuff. It like Kraft did say that he called the league office to not suspend Belichick for Spygate, and he did say you know the apology at the end of the Hernandez episode. Yeah. So I think like that to me was good moments, but there feels like a, I don't, it, it could be intentional. There is a slant here to be like, Brady's the golden boy number one. Kraft kept it all together, so which one doesn't belong? And it's sure. kind of Bill, and that's been a theme of the off season, right? We've talked about this before, and Elliot Wolf said this at the combine. They're doing everything possible to move away from Bill. Gerard may have to come out and walk that back. What did Wolf, Wolf said? Like, we don't want any, like, hard-ass vibes or something yeah, like it's that? it's like, oh, I'm sorry you won six Super Bowls that yeah. way. It, 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 like, and that's the thing. Like, the players not willing to listen to Bill on that report card. I wonder if, like, they took that quote from Mac Jones's report card. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. But at the Combine, Elliot Wolf came out and he did say, and to me, so, like, the biggest part of the Combine is the medicals and the meetings with the players sure. and the teams. But I think the biggest story, Patriots-wise, is him saying we're changing our grading system for players and we're moving away. And he didn't say this exact, but essentially we're moving away from the Belichick culture. Yeah. Those are two huge things. Right. And, and I know they've been talked about quite a bit, but, like, Bill Belichick not being back is the biggest change the organization made this offseason. Those are not that far behind. Because changing your scouting system sure. is going to totally change how you develop your roster. 100%. Moving away, from, and again, there were things Belichick did they probably made sense to move away from. But I think you got to be careful. Do you want to move too far away from something that did win six Super Bowls? Right, of course not. Right, and that, like that. you got to be careful. There. Well, that's why they and they kind of use the lore of the Patriots and the history behind it. And you, you mentioned it that... Not, I don't want to say, or I don't think Mayo really walked it back, but he was like, "We're going to do things differently, but we want to continue to have the success that we had here for twenty years." And Bill did do a lot of things right, and yeah. obviously he was a great coach, and he he had his whole his whole spiel on that too. But I think, uh, no, but I, 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 I'm okay with Wolf taking ownership of the scouting department in the front office. Like I am, I, would, and I, I wish he had done it two years ago. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. And so for, but so for them ago. to change their they're, the way they do things and the way they scout guys and their ranking system and their point value, like whatever whatever they're doing behind closed doors, I'm okay with that. I do think it was kind of strange to maybe insinuate that they were moving on and away from, like I said, the vibes that he talked about. But, yeah. I, I mean, again, you, you need a reset here. Like, it... Yeah, it wasn't going to happen forever. So uh, overall, I'm okay with the you know with the direction. Yeah, and the grading going. system to me is interesting because as we get into the the combine stuff here, yeah. The Patriots' old grading system was like, how does this guy fit with the parameters of our offense and our defense? And one thing the Patriots were always good at, which I hope Sherrod Mayo continues, is they were game plan specific. They could change their offense or defense week to week to beat a team. It's one of the to me, that's one of the underrated reasons why they won so many games for twenty years. But 
they had these kind of parameters. Like, we want a defensive end. He has to look like this. A middle linebacker has to look like this. And now it's more of, okay, just how good do we think the player is? Right. And I think the example to look at to me, Mike, is Tyquan Thornton a couple of years ago. Tyquan Thornton has this awesome relative athletic score. He's got this great speed. Remember, they were you know, really investing in speed Mac that Rowe offseason. Said it. He was like, you, you want know. fast guys? You got to get fast. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. That's a bad macro impression. But <laughs> they wanted the speed and the relative athletic score. But if you just look at the tape, George Pickens was a better football player. Correct. And he had better size and better strength. And yes, did he have some injury concerns? Did he have some effort concerns? You bet. And those are real. But he was a much better football player than Tyquan Thornton. 100%. But they took Thornton because it fit this old scout, scouting system's fit. Whereas there were times they did that, like Donta Hightower fit their old system, and the guy was the second most important player in the second half of the dynasty, yep. right? So Rob Gronkowski fit their scouting parameters, and he's a Hall of Famer. So, I'm, you know, it and, But I'll also lot. look at, too, like not, but, not only that, the way they, you know, grade out the guys, but also the where where they take players, right? So, like, drafting for need versus best player right. available. and Like, was Cole Strange really worth a first Bingo, round that's exactly where I was going. Tyquan Thornton, again, I brought, like, to me, that's the example. Like, sometimes you just got to look at it and say, player A is just a flat-out better football player than player Correct. B. And that's where, if they're going to shift, I think this can be the most valuable thing that Elliot Wolf does, is because maybe in the old scouting system, they would say, you know, Olu Fashanu fits what we want the most. But maybe they look at it and say, well, Joe Alt's just a little bit sure. better of a player. And they go, let's say they go with Joe Alt at three. And I know we're going to talk quarterbacks here. Yeah. But I think, like, that's something that comes into play. And I think, especially where the Patriots are offensively, right? I think they got a playoff defense. They have the opposite of a playoff offense and special teams. They just need really talented guys Correct. on offense. Yep. And yeah, they need smart guys. But they need talented guys. I think this gives them a better chance to get that than the old system. Yeah, and with you. And I, I look at, too, the... The thing that I was kind of going at before with the best player available versus, you know, drafting for need. I don't think that that should be like baked into the way you draft. Like, I don't think that that should be your philosophy for every single pick at every single thing. I think you need to look at it objectively and take it on a case by case basis. Like, again, if you the Cole Strange pick, right? They needed a guard, but they didn't need a guard at 29 where. Yeah. Or like, they could have just re-signed Joe Tooney two years earlier, right. who's an all-pro guard. Yeah, so like you know. in that situation, draft the best player available and don't care if you yeah. need a guard right now. But at number three pick this this year, the best player available at number three is going to be Marvin Harrison Jr., but you should be drafting a quarterback. Right, and I think that's you got to have some adaptability. Sure. Like really, in 2022, what they should have done is drafted Trent McDuffie at 21, right. stayed there, yep. taken a guard later, and then this past year, you wouldn't have needed to take Christian Gonzalez. And I love him. He's one of my favorite players on the team. Yeah. I think he's a future star. But you wouldn't have needed that Correct. if you had Trent McDuffie. Yep. Right? Like so, And then also, if you take Trent McDuffie, then you don't need to take Jack Jones later. Mm-hmm. So it's like that frees up another draft pick. And and I know we're just playing revisionist history here on the Patriots old drafts, but like revisionist history four to six p.m. on W <laughs> exactly like with state media Mike. the Cole yeah the Cole Strange pick they made that hole when they traded Shaq Mason for a fifth round pick and let Joe Tooney walk yeah and so like, like you had two All Pro guards right, All Pro right. level I don't know if Shaq Mason actually made an All Pro team but they were All, all pro, pro All Pro caliber caliber yeah. players. In the span of what two years, you let them both go. Right, it's like that They're Eric Andre meme where he shoots the guy, and he's like, "Why did you do that?" Like, it's like they they shot themselves in the foot, and then guys they... that they drafted. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that's where like Mike Onwenu to me, you drafted him. Yep. He, rookie year, one of the best right tackles in the league. Since then, he's been a really good right guard and a great right tackle. 
why like you need to re-sign this guy 100%. and it's not really going to be much of an even if you pay him more than the rest of the market considering you drafted him you developed him he will be here and play in whatever scheme you want to run and play well not going to be that much of an overpayment like right. that's at a premium position that you need because Trent Brown's going to be gone right like you need and that's something that I think they made the mistake with Shaq Mason and Joe Tooney I think Elliot Wolf and we've heard reports that they have a contract offer out to Kyle Duggar they've talked to Mike Onwenu I think they're going to bring them back. And when it comes to their gradings, but if you do that, you know, at least on Wenu, you can address tackle and free agency. Now we're getting into Jaden Daniels, Drake May, right. Combine, draft. You can take one of those guys at three yep. and be totally fine. So combine wise, I think the high you know, the headline for the Patriots, the quarterbacks. Yep. Daniels, May, Williams. You've been covering the combine extensively, Mike. What have you thought of these three? And look, I know we can talk game tape and all that, and we will. Yep. But at the Combine specifically, what have you thought of those three? All right, let's see. Um, obviously, the top three is Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, the one guy who can kind of inch himself in, in my opinion, is a guy like J.J. McCarthy at Michigan, who uh, we're watching him right now throw a uh, little inside baseball on the, on the TVs here in the WEI studios. He hasn't looked great so far. Um, watching guys like Michael Penix here too. He did uh, skip that out route. Yeah, right. So, and yeah. so, um, but regardless, you're, you're, we're talking about the top three because the Patriots are picking at three. Uh, the way I have it and the way I've sort of ranked them so far, I got Caleb Williams at number one, Drake May at number two, Jaden Daniels at number three. Um, I don't think any of them were able to help or hurt their cause this week because none of them are throwing and none of them are working out at the combine. But I mean, I I like the attitudes and the way each all three of them come off. Like. I don't know where you stand on Caleb Williams, but a lot of the off the field stuff rubs some people the wrong way. I, I'm I'm not bothered by any of that at all. I think he has like an unmatched swagger to him. I think the fact that he was crying in his mom's arms in the stands, I understand that's not a bad great. look. It, it's not great, but and I've said this before. Two weeks prior, everyone was like, "Does Caleb Williams really care about winning, or does he just want the stats and the things like that?" Because it doesn't sure. seem like he cares. Then he looks and he cares, and he's upset, and everyone's mad that he's upset. The stuff with his father. It kind of reminds me of a like a Lamar or Lavar Ball type thing with the with the Ball yeah. brothers, and that's kind of worrisome. But again, the way he comes off, the way he stood at the podium, I was fine with it. I'll be interested to see him at the pro day. Anything on Williams? Or yeah, well, and it? I would say just as like Lavar Ball ended up not being that big of a deal in the Bingo. NBA. So I wonder yep. if Caleb Williams. And I know it's two different guys, but sure. I think that's a great comparison, Mike. Yeah. If I'm an NFL team, that's what I want to figure out. Are you actually going to be like Lavar Ball, who was obnoxious in the draft process? But I mean. I mean, have you really heard much about No, him you like, haven't. I can't think of a LeVar Ball problem since yeah. the, his kids have entered the NBA. Exactly. So hopefully that's the same. And look, Mike, maybe I'm nuts. I don't know. You tell me if I'm nuts. <laughs> I'm not state media, Mike, but I might be nuts. Oh, you're nuts. The more I look into this and the more film I watch, and I probably haven't watched quite as much as you, I'll be honest, but I'm starting to like Jaden Daniels the most of these three guys. Really? Okay. And part of it is... <clears throat> Excuse me. I, look, Caleb Williams, I think, is a terrific player. Mm-hmm. I think Drake May is a terrific player. Caleb Williams, I worry about so much of the improvisation. Now, the fact that he was coached by Lincoln Riley, yeah. who coached Baker Mayfield, who coached Jalen Hurts, I think that that's a good thing for me. 100%. What I like about Jaden Daniels, like a lot of the numbers are the same. Like, like he had the, the college football quarterback rating system is so weird. Yeah. He did have the highest rating of those guys, he did have the highest PFF grade, he did have the most passing yards. Most touchdowns, fewest interceptions. So the numbers look great. And he was in the best offense in college football under Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly, a pro-style coach, sure. if you will, which, again, 
another thing I like a lot. The thing that stands out to me a little bit about Daniels, and it's tough to quantify this, is he went through difficult time, a difficult time in college. He transferred from Arizona State to LSU, and he came through it, and he was elite. And when I look around at a lot of the very good to great to elite quarterbacks in the league, just about every single one of them had some incident in either college or their rookie year yeah. where they were really questioned. And going through that, I think, helped them be successful in the NFL. Caleb Williams, really? I mean, his coach changed with Lincoln Riley coming, but that wasn't a huge thing. Drake Mays had relatively smooth sailing in North Carolina. But Daniels had a transfer. You look at, like, Mahomes had serious questions about how will he fit from Texas Tech to the NFL coming out. Joe Burrow had to transfer schools in college. Josh Allen had major questions his rookie year, really his first couple years. Lamar Jackson fell all the way to pick 32. How is this guy from Louisville going to play in the NFL? Dak Prescott fell to round four. Jalen Hurts had to trant, lost his job. Had to tr- so all no, these. No, it's guys, good to hit adversary, well, adversity. Adversity. Right. We saw it here in New England, where Mac Jones had extremely smooth sailing all through college. And look, I know he won that quarterback competition in college, and I know he beat Cam Newton. Right. But compared to these other guys, he had extremely smooth sailing, a constantly elite talent around him. And then when he really hit adversity here in 2022, he didn't handle it well. Right. And then he handled it even worse in 2023. So that's something for Daniels that you can't quantify that, but I think it's really important. And that stands out to me. And then when I just watch him as a passer, very smooth. Like, I, he's a little thin for me. Like that That's the part I'm worried about, and he didn't measure like, in today, which is, yeah. I don't want to call it a question mark, but he's going to be eating a bunch of, you know, yeah. Steaks and donuts up until LSU. Whereas, like Drake May, you could have ba- put a baseball jersey on him and call him Thicky Mantle. I, I mean, he's lo- got plenty that, of meat I, on the bone there. I'm 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 loving Drake May yeah. lately, and I and I don't dislike the ACC thing and that he didn't dominate in a weaker conference as opposed to J. JJ Daniels. McCarthy. Just cannot get it going but, today. He's uh, he's not yeah. helping him. By the way, and I know we're scatterbrained right now. Yeah, I didn't hear are. you mention Bo Nix. I'm not a Bo t- Nix guy at all. So it's funny at Auburn. I thought he sucked. Yeah. He was really good, I thought, for Oregon last year. And I know they lost to Washington twice. They scored over thirty points in both of those games. My thing but with do Bo- I don't I don't love him like the top three guys. My thing with Bo Nix is and I honestly like I, I've done my rankings and we've done it on the Six Rings podcast with uh Chris Scheim. We Not did five our, rings. No, six. six. Yeah, we we uh we started our prospect pods last week and like Man, right now, I have him as, like, my seventh quarterback on the board, Bo Nix. I'm really – not that I'm not impressed with him because you're right. Objectively, his statistics last year, highest yeah. completion percentage I of all time. looked better. Looked better, 45 touchdowns, three picks. But, like, he was handed that offense on a silver platter. Like, yeah. there was a that's, lot of checkdowns. There was a lot of easy throws. It, his deep balls, guys were wide open. Sometimes he would throw a three-yard pass and guys would take it 80 yards to the house. Yeah. Like, his stats were inflated there, and I just – I don't know – he was so bad at Auburn. He was yeah. an objectively a bad. Oh, I thought he was never going to start in college, right? Again. And yeah. so, like, for it, again, that that kind of goes to your point earlier, where you hit adversity and you you move through, and yeah. it's impressive. But from what I've seen so far at the Senior Bowl, he's coming up now here in the scouting combine. Like, I'm just I'm not sold on. Not him. a good Senior Bowl. No. And the other thing, and, and again, I thought he played much better this year. I thought he was good. What is there? Two good defenses. He just threw a beautiful deep ball. What is there? Two good defenses in the Pac-12. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the other. Like right. Washington's defense is pretty good. He yep. did score thirty points twice. Like I think Utah's. Utah's defense, pretty good. Yeah, that's like it. Yeah, I mean, no, the, the rest USC of had to fire their defensive coordinator. Right. UCLA's defense. I mean, they have some good edge rushers, but their whole defense, <laughs> yeah. I'm not like, yeah, they're not that good. That USC defense was part of the reason why people are starting to question Caleb Williams too. Yeah, which and I games. think that is unfair. Hundred percent. Obviously. But that's like, and that's the thing. Like, I think Caleb Williams is a terrific prospect. I think Drake May is really good. 
But Jaden Daniels, and it's funny because week one, he gets outplayed by Jordan Travis yep. when they play Florida State. And then I felt like he was better and better and better. Like, he was really good against that Alabama defense yeah. despite them losing. Like, he had some great moments this year. And it just felt like doing that in the SEC matters to me. Like, it does, like Caleb Williams doing it in the Pac-12, yeah, that's fine. It's good. Sure. Yeah, Drake May doing it against the ACC, yeah, it's good. But when you play that well against, you know, you're playing teams like Bama, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, like sure. teams like that. That matters to me. I also think that, you know, you obviously sitting here and touting Jane Daniels, like, I don't disagree with you. And I think that goes to show the how good this class is at the top. Like, yeah. these three guys, the Patriots being in the third, like, in the third slot, there's, there's sort of this, you know, the thought of, well, they're going to take the third best quarterback or they'll have their pick of the litter of any best player available. I think it's okay to take the quarterback because these three are that good. It's that close. And... Even though I have Drake May ranked over Jaden Daniels, that's not a knock on Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels is obviously, to me, phenomenal football player. So is Drake May. So is Caleb Williams. And so, like, I, I just think that it goes to, you know, it it shows you how good this class is. Yeah, and I think not only is the class good, there's a lot of talent, especially in the first 100 picks of this right. draft. Once you get beyond quarterback, we're going to talk about that coming right up after this quick break. Mr. Cadillac here kind of comes across sometimes like state media. State no. media, Mike. Listening to Cadillac and Lions on WEEI. Back here on WEI. Mike, we were just talking a little mascac football, by the way, we back were. when I used to coach against you, and you're literally not going to believe this. I went into the uh, BSU film library, and the game we were against each other in 2018 has been deleted. <laughs> so those of you that... It's, it's on my stat line. The week before is there. That's the so week funny. after is there. But that game from November 3rd, 2018 is deleted. Anyone that follows us on Twitter knows exactly yep. what we're talking about from earlier when one Mike Cadlick faced off against me yep. and threw the ball 50 freaking times. 50 no attempts. Idea. My arm almost fell off. Yeah. 27 incompletions. I completed yeah. 150% of my balls. Not a great day. Mike, for, for your Cam. sake, I won't mention what the final score was. but We lost. Point is, 50 attempts for Mike Cadley, yeah. who is still draft eligible. Yep. And speaking of draft eligible guys, at the Combine, we, we talked about Bo Nix. We talked about the top three guys. We haven't really talked yet about Michael Penix, but I, I want to get to Joe Milton right now of yeah. Tennessee. Rolling. He's having an awesome session throwing the ball. And this is a guy that, like, let's not forget, two years ago, remember when they had Jalen High and Cedric Tillman? They were in the conversation for the college yeah. football playoff until he got hurt. Right. And then he comes back this year. And I, I feel like him and Jordan Travis, Mike, are in a very interesting spot. Like, Milton got hurt last year and at least was able to come back. Travis, I'll play my guy, Jaden Daniels, in week one, gets hurt later in the year. I think these are two guys that are going to get drafted much lower than where they should. Like, I think these are two potential. I'm not telling you they're going to be as good as Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels, but I think these are two, like, potential quality NFL players, maybe solid starters, maybe that Jacoby Brissett starter backup. Sure. I, I lean more towards solid starters, but I think because of these injuries – they're going to end up, flo- flo- excuse me, falling yeah. way down in the draft. Yeah, the uh, obviously Jordan Travis is sort of the not the unknown, but like had a great season. Florida State was almost you know on the fringe of the playoff, and then he gets hurt, and now like 
he can't show anything off going into his draft-eligible season. So now he's here, he's meeting with teams, but he can't work out, he can't throw, you only rely on his game tape, he can't show off during this, you know, this draft, this draft season, so... You're right, like they're going to draft him lower because it's a bit of an unknown and there's other guys, you know, who you'd rather take a chance on here. But you're right, I think he's a diamond in the rough who could, you know, wind up somewhere and eventually compete. Joe Milton, look, he's he's showing off here, shorts and t-shirts at the Combine, and, you know, good for him. He has a rocket arm. Um, he's just very volatile as a player. Like, his passing can, it's very hit or miss, and he'll sail guys deep, he'll sail guys short, and so there's... There's a lot of inconsistencies, but when he's on, incredible athlete and incredible thrower of the football. Like again, the strongest arm in the class and a guy who can throw at seventy yards. Um Yeah. Well, we saw that off, game they off, beat yeah. Alabama a couple of years ago. How many forty yard, fifty yard right. passes did, and look, some of that were Jalen Hyatt took it and that dude has track speed and he outran everyone. But that's why like I'm not telling you they're gonna be day one starters, but like if I'm the Patriots, I want to get your thoughts on this. Yeah. Especially if they and I'm not saying trade down at three, but if they trade down in one of the first two rounds whether it's round one or they trade down to round two and get a couple extra picks later. I would take a quarterback early in mm-hmm. round one. But if I'm in round five and Jordan Travis is there or Joe Milton's there, I think I take him because let's A, you might have a solid backup for five or six years. What if on the weird off chance they end up being better than the guy you take at number right. three, which we would probably look at as a disaster in one way, but you know, but you can develop them. So Washington did that a couple years ago with RG3 and Kirk Cousins, yeah. and it worked out fine for them. Yeah, RG3 we just were talking a... about the dynasty. The Patriots took Matt Castle behind Brady, yeah. just let him develop. Right. It were, I mean, and I know it's not the exact same situation, right. but, like, what's, what you, the Patriots want, we're going to talk about their QB plan in a bit, but, like, you want a veteran in the room, and then you probably want two young guys. Yeah. Now, maybe one of them's a rookie plus zappy. Maybe one. Maybe it's two rookies. I don't know, but you probably want a veteran and then two young guys sure. and not Mac Jones. Right. I, I would really seriously consider if you take a quarterback at three or even trade down and take one at eight, whatever, if you get to round five or so and Milton or Travis is there, because Travis, he was potentially going to win the Heisman right. if he doesn't get hurt. Yep. Joe Milton, I, you're 100% right, has some limitations. You develop that guy for a couple of years. Might be a solid under backup a solid, or a solid quarterbacks spot coach, which you have yeah. here in, in New England now. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Like I, I would, I and I know they have other needs. I get it. If I'm them and those guys are there in the fifth, I'm taking one of those guys in the yeah. fifth round, unless there's some other crazy value pick that shows up. Otherwise, I'd lean towards taking Travis or Milton in round five. And I look at um, it's hard to make obviously make and think of these decisions now before free agency starts too because yeah. you know we, we talked about it and we're going to get to it later about um some reporting on how they uh how they see free agency from quarterbacks and defensive players and things like that and you know that's sort of a conversation for another day point being is that they're going to be able to fill out their roster here with some wider potentially some wide receivers some tackles some defensive players uh, with their now over $100 million in cap space. So then once you do that, you start to fill holes. Then you fill holes through the draft. You see where you want to do you know, patchwork versus develop at a position. And then, like you said, you might have the sort of the the leeway to take a quarterback sure. with a second quarterback with a fifth or sixth round pick. So um, it's obviously going to depend on free agency. But I'm with you on these guys. Like I, I look at the class, and there's clearly the top three guys. The rest of the bunch, I don't think there's – like necessarily a ton of 
space between each tier. Yeah. Like so that, Penix to Bonix to McCarthy. That's what I'm I mean. Like, is yeah. there a huge gap in yeah. that? Like, that's you, know, you might like Penix the best. You might like Bone. Like, is there a big gap there? There's really not. And so yeah. that's why I'm with you. Like, then you get to the next tier and. Outside of Sam Hartman, who, you know, flowing locks, good-looking guy, I think he should get ready yeah, to sell insurance. Yeah, if he gets insurance. drafted by the Patriots, can he, like, donate some of his hair to me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, right, holy seriously. smokes, this guy. I'm yeah, jealous. he's got locks. But uh, he's not, you know, he's not impressing in the draft process. So we do process. have one question him, on the text line, which I would love your perspective on. If Is the expectation that they're going to keep and hit on all their picks? Like, Or do you think this is going to be Elliot Wolf? Is he going to try to trade up, trade down? Or is he, in that Packer way, very much a... Stand Pat, we're just going to take the best guy. What do you you think? I can't give a great answer on his history with the Packers because I'm not sure how they moved up and down boards necessarily. But it's they're not. I don't think they're like the Ravens who like never move at all. Really, I think there's some movement, but I don't think there's. I'm trying to think of recently, and again, it's it's obviously a different regime, and he hasn't been there for some time, and they've moved on from. Uh, you know, obviously Ted Thompson's gone in there. I I forget who their GM is uh, now. Gut- Gutenkurs. Gut- yeah, yeah, you're right. Gutenkurs. Yeah. It's a weird yeah. name. Yeah. We're uh, gonna call him Gutenkurs. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I do. I, expectations as far as like hitting on all their picks. As far as like, um, what if they? I'm curious if his question is more. I, I cleaned it up a little. Basically, like, are they gonna use all their picks? And do you think they'll yeah. hit on? Okay. All, like, um, they, I mean, they'll probably look. They Belichick's system. And they're going to move on from it a little bit. I'm sure that with Wolf learning, Wolf and Grow learning from under him the last couple of years, they'll, you know, some of it will still be burned into their brain. They would like to make between 11 and 12 picks, 10 to 12 picks yeah. in a draft. Right now they have seven. So whether they move three or not, whether they move 34 or not, I think as the day goes on, the weekend goes on on draft weekend, they're going to try and build some more capital. And whether they get an extra pick next year, whether they move down a few spots and pick up an extra sixth or seventh, like I think they're going to want to add some depth across the board and not just stick and pick with just their seven picks. Yeah. Because generally, I, I, they've they've taken between 10 to 12 guys. I think they're going to try and stick with that. Yeah, and that second round pick is the one I really look at. Yeah. Like we're, it's fun to talk about moving down from three to eight or moving with that first round pick. But like if you move down from the top of the – you could move down yeah. seven, eight spots and still have a top 40 pick. Right. Like so – that's something that that's the one I would watch, as far especially as they if they take the quarterback and then you look at the tackle class and the wide receiver class. Guys like A.D. Mitchell from te- uh, Texas are obviously moving up the board. He's had a sensational combine. Brian Thomas from LSU is probably going to end up as a first round pick. Love that dude. So that do is I. a sneaky, awesome prospect. Yeah, I yeah. Think. So there, there's a lot of good wide receiver talent, but when you sit at 34, it's going to be tough to get that into that first tier of guys yeah. I don't think they'll fall so when you get there you might want to trade back instead of reaching yeah. for the next tier so it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out I would like sure. I would love for tackle to be addressed by the end of free agency like bring yeah. back on Wenu and then sign another tackle. I agree but that's another spot right where you could take a tackle Mike before we go to break yep they're moving away from the Belichick grading system and drafting what's your, your favorite and or the best Belichick draft like the the best class, yeah. Uh, whatever your favorite one is, the best in twenty years, the best draft class. It stinks, but it's it is twenty ten outside of the Hernandez McCordy, pick. They talked uh, about it Brandon in the spikes. Was there was a good. great great draft class. Yeah. Two cornerstone guys in McCordy and uh, and Gronk. So that was that was they they hit on almost all of it. To me, it's two thousand three. Ty okay. Warren, Asante Samuel, Eugene Wilson, Tully Bantacane was late. Yeah. That you looked that up. That's an elite elite. Bethel Johnson even Ooh, kick return true. extraordinaire. We got to take a break. We have the second and final hour of Lions and Cadillac, aka Cadillac and Lions, coming up next. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.